Are you excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be in front of the screen that makes me look like a munchkin. It's going to be awesome. How's everybody doing? You doing good this morning? Yeah? All right. Why don't you, why don't you turn to somebody you're sitting next to and say, you look real, real good this morning. Come on. Build up their ego right now. Build, build up their ego. They, they need it. I, um, I, I wanted to uh, take a moment, and um, first, if you're here for the very first time, we're so glad that you're here. You're watching online for the very first time. We're so glad that you're here. Come on, give a huge shout-out to all of our first-time guests watching online here in the room. So glad you're here. Uh, what a great time to uh, be a part of our church. If you're looking for a church family, hopefully you find uh, one right here at New Heart Church and plant your roots deep because I, I love what uh, Carissa and Jess were talking about when they were talking uh, about that our church is family. You know, sometimes it's hard uh, when you come to a new place to feel like you have family. And so it takes some time to uh, to really kind of get in there and, 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 and feel like, man, I got people that really care about because a lot of, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe some of you are like me, uh, you, you feel like at the very beginning you're like, do you really say that you're for me? Do you really care? Do you really, you know, and so it takes some time, but I promise you if you will give and invest that time here at this church, you will find a family and people that are behind you 1,000%. And not only will you have a great place where you can worship God, but you'll have a great group of people that you'll feel like I can do life with. And so I, I would encourage you, this is a great, great place to plant yourself. I, I wanted to uh, talk through uh, Luke chapter 2. We're going to be talking about uh, obviously some some Christmas things this morning. A lot of us have heard um, this scripture before in Luke chapter 2 and and uh, for the next couple of weeks we'll be spending some time in some Christmas scripture. Before we do that, let's all pray together. Father, we pray this morning. God, I pray that every person in this room and every person watching online, Father, would feel your presence in a very real way. God, that we would understand that you are speaking not just to all of us, but you're speaking directly to us. Father, I pray that everything that we uh, are dealing with this morning that isn't of you, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that, God, we would feel the strength that comes from you to be able to move through those things. Understand that they are just a season, and God, they won't last forever. Father, I pray that every single one of us would feel that. Father, I pray that we would also feel the uplifting power that comes from your spirit. God, we would actually feel encouraged by being in the room or watching online right here at this moment, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody said amen, amen. Luke chapter 2. Verse 8, this one's a good one, everyone. I, I know I say that every week, but I'm really serious. This one's a good one. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. We're, we're talking about the birth of Jesus. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. So there, it wasn't just angels here. It was the glory of God. And, and so this was a 
Just so you know, when the glory of God comes around, it's a big deal. Just, you know, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, glory. Okay, no, not, not that. I mean, this was, this was a moment here. So you got these shepherds, glory, God, God's glory, angel, and what do they do? They're terrified, the Bible said. Which you could spend some time just talking about this, but the one thing I, I, I want to just say here is sometimes when you're in something or around something new, it can be scary, even if it's good. And, and so just understand, sometimes we're in new things that God has for you, and you might be scared, but it's still good. And so it's, it's okay. It's okay to understand, oh, wow, okay. But I love immediately... The angel addressed their fear, said, angel reassured them, don't be afraid. So I don't know what you might be afraid of this morning that God is bringing you into or bringing you through, but I want to say the same thing and reassure you, don't be afraid. Don't run your life by fear. Don't let fear be the last uh, word in your sentences. Don't let fear be the deciding factor in your world. Don't let fear guide you in your relationships. Don't let fear guide you in your marriage. Don't let fear guide you in your job. Do not be afraid. Don't let that fear build too big a wall around your life so that all of a sudden you have a smaller life because you live in fear. Don't be afraid. I bring you, and this is where I want us to, we're going to spend the rest of our time on this sentence. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. I want to talk for the next couple of minutes about good to great. And I want to talk about this idea that the angel said was happening because Jesus was born. I have good news. I want to talk about that idea for a second. I have good news. The angel <clears throat> said to these shepherds, I have good news. This is awesome, right? Good news. So many of us, maybe like the shepherds, when you hear good news, you think, what's the catch? Because we are so used to hearing bad news. And some of us come to God not expecting him to give us good news. We come to God like we're meeting some disappointed parent that we've messed up too much and he's probably frustrated with us. And so we either come with excuses or we come with our head down or we run away from him. Because we don't believe, come on church, we don't believe that God has good news for us, really. A lot of us don't believe that he has good news or that this is good news. 
We really think that most of the conversations that happen with us and God are surrounding our mistakes and our failings and our shortcomings, and we think that's mostly what God wants to talk to us about. So we really don't ever think God wants to come and tell us good news. We, we really think that, that God wants to bring, well, God's going to bring the hammer to get it straightened out. But not understanding that when the most consequential moment in history was happening, it was good news. It was, it was good. It's good news. And, and I, I've seen this in Watson. Sometimes I'll talk to him. I'll say, Watson, come over here. I've got to talk to you. Immediately, he thinks something. I can see him backpedaling. Because he thinks something's wrong. Why does he want to talk to me? This is why Jess and I try so hard to tell him what he's doing right. Not just what he's doing wrong. Because we want the conversations to be open to understand. Not every time. Listen, when you think that the only time God wants to talk to you is when you've done something wrong, that's a broken relationship within the God that you serve. I have good news. I've got some good news that I want to share with you. I I heard um, somebody who worked in the news uh, media, um, they they, um, their boss used to say this all the time when they were choosing stories to start the newscast. They would say this, and maybe some of you have heard this before, if it bleeds, it leads. Think, saying, if it's whatever's the worst one, that leads the, the segment. Because that's what people tune into. And I thought, oh, how broken is that? Because a, a lot of us, honestly... We think that the bad news is really the true news. And the good news is either the naive news or the not true news. So the, the, what happens is when, when we hear or maybe when we read, I have, the angel says, I have good news you, you really don't believe it because what we really have been trained in our culture is we believe the worst is going to happen and the best, wow, maybe could happen. We've been trained like that. And God is trying to retrain our minds and our hearts and say, listen, no, 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 no. When I come in the picture, I bring good news. I bring good news. It's good. It's, it's really good. It, it, there's no caveat to it. It's just good. It, it, it's not going to be just good for some. It's good for all. It's good news. And so this is how God wants to not just retrain the shepherds, but he wants to retrain us. But our cynicism is choking out our faith and not understanding that God has good news for us. That is good. I, I um, just uh, got some, you know, the, uh, those um, movie candies that you can buy not at the movies? And that none of you sneak into the movies because you're all wonderful, loving Christian people. Uh, 
Jess uh, bought one of those, a couple of those boxes, brought them home. One of them was Whoppers. Anybody like Whoppers? Yeah, okay. Uh, for those of you who don't, no judgment here. You can pick whatever candy you want. We don't care. Uh, so uh, these, she brought some Whoppers home. And Watson never had a Whopper. And I was like, oh, man, you got to have a Whopper. He goes, yuck. I'm like, now the, the good parent should just be like, that's good. Yuck on that because it really is bad for you. And terrible candy, you should never even like it. You know, that's the good parent. But the regular person that I was was like, it's not yuck, it's good. Need to try that. And so I immediately gave him a Whopper. I'm like, son, you need to try this right now. And I'm thinking in my head, this is really weird. Like, I'm like threatening him to eat some candy. I mean, this I'm the worst parent. What am I? And I'm like, come on, just try it, you know. And I, just try it. And he looks at it just like this. I know he loves chocolate. I know he loves He just like finally picked it up and goes, just touched it with his tongue. He goes, oh, that's disgusting. And I was like, of course it's disgusting. It doesn't taste good until you bite it. Until you, until you take a big old chunk out of it. And he's like, no, Dad. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not. And that was it with the Whoppers. And I thought, this is how so many of us are with God. I'll go to the connect group once. I'll go to church maybe. I'll try the church one time. I'll read my Bible a little bit. I'll I'll say a couple of prayers before a really big thing in my life. And nothing ever changes. And you're like, is this really good news? Is this really good? But, But... most of us are stuck just tasting the outside, not even tasting it. Just like, I'll just do a little bit. I'm telling you, some of us need an understanding. We got to take a big bite out of this thing so you understand how good God is, that you understand how good he really is, that you understand how good community really is. Some of you, you, you you're back, you're sitting back and you're wondering, you're saying, no, nah, it's not good for me. It's not good for me. But you don't even try it. You don't even really jump in. The Bible says that you will find God. You will find it when you search with all of your heart. Not some of your heart, but all of your heart. But some of us are sticking the toe in just a little bit and thinking that that is going to be where we see who God is. But God does not show up when you just give him a little. God shows up when you dive in. That's why it's called faith. That's why it's called something that you can't not just do just a little bit. And some of us are wondering, well, why, why does it not feel like God is so good? It might be because you haven't taken a whole bite yet. It might be that you're just trying to. And then you're like, nah, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Of course it's not good. This is why Psalms says this. I, I love this. In, in chapter 34, verse 8, it says, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, I want somebody else to taste. And then I'll say, no, you taste and see. I love what we're talking, like when Jess and Chris were talking about giving. Taste and see. Put that 10% up and say, God, I'm going to taste and see and see if 
and see how good you are. Try him. A lot of us, we don't go, a lot of us, we, maybe we've gone to a church before and got hurt in connect group and we're not going to go back to a connect group again. And God's saying, taste and see. Get back in there. Some of us are, are not serving, and God has gifted you with so many abilities that will make his church so beautiful, but you're sitting back, and you're, and you're like, oh, I just don't know. It wasn't good last time. And God said, taste and see. J jump in. Open up your mouth. That's why the message version, I love this. Look at this translation. Uh, open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. So, but some of us come to church like, You ever try to feed a kid with their mouth closed? Gets all over their face. I wonder if sometimes on Sunday morning, God's just like this. <clears throat> all right, I'm done. Wait till you open your mouth. God, I just want to open my life up to you because it really is good news. It really, it really is good news. And then he says this, and th this one I... I really love. This one was one that I was staying with for a while this week. Bring you good news that will bring you great joy. Do you have, here's a question, do you have great joy in your life right now? Okay, by your tepid reaction. I'm guessing, <laughs> if you, uh, seriously, if you have great joy, you don't have to take account. Usually if you have great joy, you're like, hey, yeah, baby. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, if you got it, like, it, it comes out pretty easily. So, so what, what is happening? I think first, we don't understand that God is bringing us good news. And I think because of that, it's starting to strangle out. Our, our joy, and maybe some of us say we have joy, but it's not great. But can I tell you, joy isn't a personality. Joy isn't, uh, joy isn't flaky. Joy isn't surfacy. Joy isn't naive. Joy isn't uh, 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 just a personality that you can wear, or some people are just joyful, and some people, it's not introvert or extrovert or whatever personality test is hot at the time, and oh, they're joyful or they're not joyful. No, it's not anything about that. Joy, I, I want to make sure that everyone hears this. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians, Paul was writing, he says, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, and the second fruit is joy. So, so let me tell you again and, and, and remind all of us about what joy is. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit, which means it is not circumstantial, it is connectional. And so many of us, we have joy compared to our circumstance. And we think that joy happens because something happened. I bought a car. I got a new job. I got some more money in my account. My marriage is going good right now. I got a date Friday night. I'm excited about that. I've lost 10 pounds and looking for more baby. I feel so joyful because of what? This circumstance.
change. That is not joy at all. Joy is not circumstantial because what happens is the the circumstance changes, your joy changes. And the moment that you go through something hard, your joy changes. And that is not what joy is. Paul didn't say that joy is the fruit of circumstance. He said joy is the fruit of the Spirit. And that means it is not circumstantial, it's connectional. And so when you have a problem with joy, check your connection, don't check your circumstance. Check how much time you're spending with God. Check how much time you're in his presence. Check how much time you're worshiping. Check how much time you're in his word. Check how much time you're letting your life soak in his presence. Because the more that you connect with him, the more joy comes out of your mouth. And the more joy comes out of your life. And it doesn't matter how hard your job is. It doesn't matter how many things you have on your to-do list. It doesn't matter how many fights you're having in your marriage. It doesn't matter how many things are going on in your family. It doesn't matter how many health problems that you're facing right now. Your joy isn't touched because it's not about circumstance. It's about connection. And you're connected to the Father. And because you're connected to the Father, you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you will fear no evil because he is with you. And your joy isn't touched. And then people start wondering, why is that person so happy when they're going through hell? Why is that person still singing worship songs when they're going through the worst things in their life, when they're facing death every single day? Why is that person still joyful? Because joy is not a circumstance, it's connection. And if we can get this, we'll change the world. If we could get this, we will show every single person why it is so important that you are connected to your Father. So the moment you start looking, man, my joy level is starting to go. Don't look at your circumstances. I'm talking to me too. When I feel my joy level starting to go, well, it's, it's because this. Oh, it's because this happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, I'm worried about that. Stop. Joy isn't contingent on my circumstance. Joy is contingent on my connection. And so I need to make sure it is the fruit of the Spirit, and I need to make sure I'm connected. Why do you think the devil fights so hard for you not to pray? Why do you think the devil fights so hard for you not to read your Bible? Oh, it's boring. I don't even understand it. I can't even. I, just, I don't have time. No, you, you don't have time not to. Unless you want to just be all grumpy de grumps all the time. Maybe some of you like the Grinch model, okay? I don't. I don't want to be grumpy. I want to walk into the, I don't want to do that. Well, check my connection. Because, because the joy is fruit of, not my circumstance, spirit. There's two joy killers that the shepherds maybe could have grabbed onto or maybe some of, some of us grab onto. When, when the angel of the Lord says, I bring you good news that will give you great joy. And then you're like, but I don't have great joy. 
you, you might be having two of, one of these joy killers in your life. One of them, and I've talked about this before, one of them is comparison. Some of you have heard that quote before, that comparison is the thief of joy. Can I, can I tell you this is, why, uh, this is why social media is so dangerous? Because it's a comparison machine. It's a comparison machine. Now, if we were all perfect, it would be an encouragement and connection machine where you watch everybody's life and you're like, that's awesome, that's awesome. I double like that. I triple like it. That's awesome. Oh, wow, amazing, awesome. That's so good. And then you get to know where everybody's doing if we were all perfect. We are all not. So we scroll and we're like, what? I wasn't invited. What are they doing that? They don't deserve that. Oh, that's fake. They're just trying to make us look like, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh Comparison, 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 comparison. And you spend an hour on whatever platform you want to, and you wonder why you are not more happy when you get off. Because comparison is the thief of joy. Your scrolling is bringing poison into your life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's just, and, and, I'm, and, and so you have to, when you, I'm not saying don't scroll. I'm just saying when you get in there, be guarded up. And, and, and don't compare everything because your joy leaks out. And then, the la- and, and then the other one that's a joy killer is thinking on the wrong things. What you think about affects your joy level, Everyone. What you think about affects your joy level. This is why Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says it so clearly. Paul's writing this. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What are you thinking about? Is it worthy of praise? What are you thinking about? Is it excellent? What are you thinking about? Is it pure? What, what are you thinking about right now? Thinking about how I got ripped off by my boss and I'm not getting paid. All right. Probably joy leaking out somewhere. Because <laughs> the way you're thinking. And the things that you're thinking about, what are you thinking about? Because the truth is you get to make a decision about what you think about. Some of you are like, no, no, you don't understand my brain, Ben. My brain has so many thoughts. That they go through my brain, just wow, 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 I mean, just everything all the time. You don't understand, like, thinking about that is just, like, reading that scripture. I can't control my thoughts. And can I, can I just tell you, you might not be able to control a thought that comes in, but you can control how long it stays. And so many of you think just because you think it, you have to keep thinking about it. 
You don't? You know, my crazy thoughts go in my head a lot. I'm not going to share them with you because no one would come to church next week. <laughs> and be like, that is nuts. But I don't let them live there. It comes into my brain. I'm like, whoa, out. Out, 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 out. Out. And some of you need to be way more uh, just, I, I'm telling you, way, way more guarded about your thoughts and how long you let them stay. I understand a thought coming in. Just don't let it stay. If it's not pure, if it's not admirable, if it's not worthy of praise, if it's not excellent, it don't live here. It doesn't stay in my brain. It doesn't stay here taking up space. I'm going to evict every stinking thought that comes into my mind that does not line up with God's word, that does not line up with what he says. If it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not staying in my brain because I'm not going to think on that stuff because it's destroying my heart. I can't be the person that God wants me to be. I can't be the husband that God wants me to be. I can't be the father that I want to be. I can't be the leader that I want to be because I've got too many of these thoughts taking up space where God said, get them out. Stealing my joy. And if that wasn't enough, the angel said this. Good news Bring you great joy for all people. And that, for all people, was revolutionary. This is for everyone. It's for the broken, it's for the hurting. This is for the tried it 1,000 times, and it never worked. This is for the ones who thought they got to the top of the mountain, except the mountain crumbled. These are for the ones that never thought they would be in this place. This is for everyone. This joy. This good news. If you would, you stand to your feet. I, I want to talk just a little bit more, and then we're going to worship. Um, no, nowhere in Scripture was that idea more crystallized. This is for everyone than than what Jesus talked about: the lovesick father and the prodigal son. Now, a lot of us get the understanding of the son who went away, wasted all his money. And at the very bottom pit of his life, said, okay, I'll go back and I'll, 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 I'll beg for a job from my father. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son of what I've done, but maybe I can be a hired hand. We get it. We, we, we've heard, maybe most of us have been in church before, we've heard that, and the prodigal son runs, or, or comes back to the father, and the, and, and the Bible says the father runs to him. 
doesn't stand away with arms crossed. It's to him. Like saying, like, I've been waiting, been looking. And no matter what you've done, you cannot stop the avalanche of love that I'm about to pour out on you. Like, we, we get that. But the story doesn't end there. They're having a party. The son is back. Everybody's so excited, but the father is still not okay. Because he's looking for the older brother. Right? So much so that he stops being in the party, goes out and finds the older brother. So the picture is you have a father who ran to the younger brother and to the older brother. The one who messed up royally and the one who is bitter and the one who thinks he deserves something where he doesn't deserve anything. The one who is overly religious but has lost the spirit of God in his life. Do you see the father ran to both? This is for everyone. You messed up a million times. This is for you. You're hurting and bitter because you think God owes you something and he hasn't given it to you yet. This is for you. You feel like you've been overlooked. This is for you. You feel like you've been mistreated. This is for you. This is for everyone. And the moment that we miss that, the moment we miss the grace and the love and the joy that comes from this time of year. God's looking right at you and saying, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if you feel this, but I feel this. I, I feel God's looking right at me and said, Ben, this, this joy is for you. This good news is for you. So, so open up your life, Ben. So we're, we're going we're gonna to worship in a moment. I'm, I'm asking all of us here in this room and everybody watching online, this is for you. I don't care how long you've been in church. This is for you. And so if you would, if you close your eyes and lift up your hands towards heaven. Come on, church. Let's lift up our hands towards heaven. Everybody watching, I don't care where you are in your, in your house. Or, come on, let's lift up our hands to God at this moment. Jesus, I pray your presence would fill this room. Even now, joy would fill the room.